0: Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-Reorg in the European and Semia markets. It's Tuesday, October 17th, and I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, we will be discussing French Funeral Services Group, OGF, which looks headed for a challenging refinancing next year. RE-ORG senior editor Magnus Sherman will then talk us through some of his key takeaways from the World Bank IMF annual meetings in Marrakesh, Morocco, last week. We will then discuss what's been happening in the primary market this past week. But first, I'll be sitting down with senior reporters Lucia Kamblor and Oscar Lurik to discuss REORG's European private credit breakfast event last week. Last week, Reorg hosted its inaugural European private credit event with a breakfast briefing at the Biltmore Hotel in Mayfair last Thursday, October 12th, with representatives from ADVENT, CDPQ, CVC, HPS and Takeo on the panel. Lucia and Oscar, uh, you both attended the event. How did it go and what were your key takeaways?
1: Hi, Andrew. Thank you very much. Yes, I think a key topic of conversation at the event was the return of financing banks following the public market shutdown last year. And maybe other topics tackled by the panel included how to deploy capital when M&A opportunities are scarce, the specter of raising defaults in private debt portfolios, the prospect of larger club deals, and limited partners or LPs' scrutiny of private market valuations.
2: Uh, Yeah, that was a very good summary of the uh, kind of key topics that were discussed on the panel. But I have to say, Lucia is being uh, a bit modest here. She's neglecting to tell our listeners about her key role in this event, which was actually um, presenting the results of our first private credit survey. Um, one of the key takeaways from that was that LP's top concern in 2023 is the rise of defaults in private debt portfolios, which you know I guess you might expect based on some of the headlines that you've seen uh, on Reorg and elsewhere. Um, additionally, direct lenders surveyed said that they, they think that wider club deals with more lenders was going to be the most important trend for 2024, um, and this was confirmed by the panel discussion. And uh, just to let our listeners know, the, sort of, the full results of the survey are available on Reorg uh, if you're a subscriber, and if you're not, but you do want to have a look, get in touch with marketing at reorg.com and they'll be able to help you out.
0: So tell me more about the panel discussions themselves. Uh, you both mentioned some discussions uh, about wider club deals and private debt. What's driving that, and what did the panelists have to say about it?
2: Yeah, so that's a trend that we've been observing over the past few years in Europe. Uh, it kind of comes from the US, as is often the case with these things. Um, partly, it, it's a function of private credit funds raising larger, larger funds. Um, and and needing to find more opportunities to deploy that. Uh, What's really kind of accelerated that was the shutdown of the syndicated credit markets in the wake of the Ukraine invasion last year, uh, which meant sponsors were turning to private credit to finance larger and larger deals, which would have traditionally been syndicated. Um, And the banks have really struggled to win that business back. Now, obviously, on the direct lending side, there aren't that many direct lenders which can provide a ticket of even kind of 500 million. Um, on their own and right now there's a deal in the market that's probably going to be around four billion so kind of more clubs are inevitable.
1: And just to add also to what Oscar is saying during the discussion at the event uh, one of the panelists said that for the right sector and for example, like software and healthcare, and given time, enough time to put it together, the prospect of a 10 billion unit tranche is becoming increasingly possible. And panelists explain how adding the number of lenders that can write 1 billion or more and the ones that can do 500 million and 250 million euros and assign a haircut to the ones that Drop out, it could get close to the 10 billion euros figure. In the US, there have been already a number of Jumbo unit tranche deals. And even though in Europe we have seen just a few, private credit deals are getting larger. And um, maybe one of the panelists did say that uh, for a hypothetical 10 billion unit tranche to work the company needs to be very large, as there has to be 60% loan-to-value ratio for a unit tranche, and he questioned where the deals of that size would be coming from.
0: Okay, well, I look forward to reading about this €10 billion Euro unit tranche on Reorg. But in the meantime, what was the most, uh, what were the most topical situations you're currently covering in, in private credit at the moment? Yeah,
2: well, as mentioned on the panel, um, M&A is still quite slow currently, um, definitely showing signs of picking up. Uh, but as evidenced in the survey, most of direct lenders are still sort of expecting to be spending most of their time on add-ons, A&E requests and refinancings. Uh, that said, there are a few names that people are getting excited about. For example, this mentioned 4 billion unit tranche for Premier and Blackstone's take private of the Norwegian classified business Adavinta. Um, also, some lo- auctions for larger businesses like HG's German insurance brokerage group GGW uh, is about to kick off. And uh, Bregal's EA Automatic, which is heating up with several PE firms in the second round. we would be expecting to see um, direct lending firms around those situations.
1: Yes, also in the UK, banks and funds are already getting aggressive on the potential buyout of Irish software. Pitching senior leverage and unit range of up to six times, it's marketed EBITDA of 150 million with addition, an additional peak debt element. And also in the Benelux region has been active in both large-cap and also mid-market. The sale of Dutch ophthalmic research center, DORC, so a lender education run by Rothschild last week. And also the auction of COI has proved to be a competitive process for PEs. And the company is being marketed off EBITDA of about uh, 20 million euros.
0: Thanks, guys. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey in the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. We are now joined by Deputy Managing Editor Robert Shack. Hi Rob. OGF has been quite topical lately, with a lot of advisors looking at the name. What has been going on with the credit?
3: Hi Andrew. Yes, OGF is quite interesting at the moment. It's a French funeral services provider that has underperformed for some time. France has historically favored burials when it came to funerals. But in recent years, the trend has increasingly moved towards cremations, which are cheaper. OGF missed the shift, which accosted some market share. While that is now stabilized after the shareholders brought in new management, the group is also struggling with lower than expected mortality rates. And these could drop further since they are still above long-term projections.
0: What does that mean for the group and its metrics?
3: OGF has largely gone sideways during its fiscal 2023 with EBITDA flat, however, it burning cash on current earnings. It forecast a slight recovery in its fiscal 2024, but under its projections, that would have left it breaking even in terms of free cash flow at best. And as of the first quarter of its fiscal 2024 year, EBITDA was already almost 20% behind budget, and the cash burned three times as high as budgeted. As a result, net leverage crept up to 5.3 times through the secured debt, and 6.3 times through its holdco PIC debt.
0: So could it run out of liquidity?
3: OGF had 23.6 million of cash at the end of its first quarter, while its 60 million RCF remained undrawn, so liquidity is still comfortable. However, its term loans fall due in 2025, which means it will need to refinance next year. That will likely be very difficult without sponsor support, given where leverage is. And since the shareholders decided to raise 125 million pick to facilitate the previous maturity extension, Instead of putting in equity, there's a big question mark over whether they will be willing to put in new money this time around, especially since the pick will have likely have accrued to over 150 million by next year.
0: Finance ministers, investors, and policymakers gathered in Marrakesh, Morocco last week for the IMF and World Bank annual meeting. Reorg senior editor Magnus Sherman also attended the summit, and he's with us now. Hi Magnus, did we get any big announcements on
4: some of the ongoing sovereign restructurings? Hi Andrew. Yes, there were a, a number of interesting announcements made uh, in Marrakesh last week. In terms of debt restructurings for sovereigns, the largest one was probably the one by Zambia, or oh, it's not by Zambia, but regarding Zambia, because it was the IMF managing director who announced on a presentation or during a panel discussion that Zambia had reached a memorandum of understanding with its official creditor group. Um, so that's governments who have lent money to Zambia to restructure their debt uh, they're basically terming out the debt uh, by up to 12 years and slashing the uh, the coupon quite significantly or the the interest rate quite significantly the other large African uh, sovereign debt restructuring at the moment is Ghana. And there was some news yesterday on Ghana. Uh, The Ministry of Finance hosted a call for investors and Finance Minister Ken Ofori Atta said that Ghana expects its official creditor committee to reach an in-principle agreement already in early November. So that's really in the next couple of weeks. Um, On top of that, the Ministry of Finance believes that it can reach uh, an in-principle agreement with its bondholders Holders. They hold around uh, $13 billion of euro bonds, who are now in default, um, by the end of December. So these are both quite ambitious timelines, and we'll have to see how they deliver on, on those. The uh, Ghana has two major bondholder groups. One is referred to as the regional noteholders, so that's um, primarily other African institutions holding Ghana's eurobonds, and the other is traditional uh, international funds, so Aberdeen, Amundi, BlackRock, Greylock, Ninety One, and so on. Um, And both groups have submitted uh, debt restructuring proposals to the government. Uh, Last week, we we reported that the international group has come up with a novel uh, solution where they uh, propose exchanging uh, the eurobonds for a package containing two things. One is a straight normal fixed income, um, fixed coupon uh, eurobond, and the other is what they call a macro-linked bond. Uh, the way this would work is that they would it would um, offer Ghana additional debt relief. Um, If a certain DSA or debt sustainability analysis thresholds are missed, the IMF is the institution in charge of uh, measuring uh, Ghana and other countries, of course, on on key metrics. And the idea is here that if Ghana slips below a certain threshold, then bondholders would automatically write off more debt uh, on this macro linked bond or MLB. And, um, and this is a, a, a quite an, a new uh, proposal. So the, uh, the advisors are now looking through this. Lessard, um and Hogan Lovells are working with Ghana. And, um, and we'll have to see how that lands in Accra. In other news, the um, uh, Ghanaian minister he announced that he, that they will not announce uh, any more offers to holders of their domestic bonds. Ghana has already swapped um, more than two hundred billion cedis uh, worth of local bonds into lower coupon instruments to um, to reduce the, uh, the 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 country's interest expense. Um, and they said we're, they're done doing that. So um, so that's it for holders of the um, of the domestic Bonds.
0: Joining me now is Leverage Finance reporter Beatrice Mervolian. Hi, Beatrice. Could you take us through what's been going on in the primary market this past week?
5: Over the last week, the conflict in Israel and Gaza and increased volatility in financial markets, particularly on rates, has brought bond issuance in Europe to a standstill. Although there's also been um, there has been a small number of deals um, in the U.S., Meanwhile, the loan market continues to be active with a number of deals in the primary market. These include um, financing for a debut LBO for software company SUSE by uh, EQT and a loan to fund a dividend for Dutch discount retailer Action. Property and price comparison platform Zoopla is doing an amend and extend. And there are refinancings from animal health company Siva, recovery and restoration provider Belfor and business analytics platform Kulik. Transport equipment provider Show is re- refinancing its loans. Investors highlighted that industrials are typically very exposed to the economic to economic downturns. However, in this case, the company's um, infrastructure and markets and high proportion of recurring revenue are reassuring. The company also has a track record of maintaining its margins through the cycle. Um, it has built up a strong order book and is simple, supported by um, a committed long term owner. Travel platform operator eTravely is also. Marketing alone to fund a dividend and refinancing. Investors highlighted that the group faces a high degree of competition from other similar platforms. However, performance has been strong. The company also benefits from a flexible cost structure, strong cash generation, high growth, uh, and leverage before the deal was very low.
0: Join REORG at the IWIRC London Conference 2023 on November 8. Register now at reorg.com forward slash events or email marketing at REORG for further information. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another REORG Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.